0: All right, if you're turning with me in your Bibles, we're going to start in Matthew. Matthew chapter 1. And like, just as we get started, just to put this in your mind, this is our Christmas message. And we left up a lot of the decorations from the party last night. And we had some fun with some Christmas songs this morning. And we're going to talk about Christmas and the meaning of Christmas and what is the real message of Christmas. And just for a few minutes this morning... But even as I started reading, I I chose to read out of the book of Matthew in the first chapter. And this is the first book in the New Testament. But do you know before Matthew, like the gap from your Old Testament to the New Testament, the gap there was like from the end of Malachi to the start of Matthew was like 400 years of silence. Silence. Right, and God had prophesied through the prophets that there would be a Messiah coming to set the people free. And to, which they thought it was going to look a little different than a baby in a barn. Right? They thought it would be a military leader that would come and lead them into freedom and deliver them. But that's hard to wait 400 years. Trust me, I've done it a few times. Okay, I haven't done it a few times, but imagine that as a people. You know how many generations lived and died waiting on the Messiah, waiting on God to come through and do what He said He was going to do? And they, they told their kids about it, and they told their grandkids about it, and they never saw it, and then they kept telling and telling and telling. And so after 400 years of silence, We're going to talk about the Christmas story, what Christmas is all about. Today, I want to talk to you about Christmas. What is the message of Christmas? If you look at us Americans, if you look at like some of our traditions and some of our Christmas songs, which by the way, trying to pick out some good Christmas songs that we could do in church was not a super easy task. But if you look at some of our traditions and songs, it can be very confusing of what the meaning or the message of Christmas is. Like you can get so caught up and like, well, what in the world does, I mean, start looking at the, the reindeer and, and Santa. And like we go in the woods and we cut down a pine tree and we bring it inside the house and then we take lights and stuff and we decorate outside the house. Like there's all these weird traditions, there's mistletoe that I've got my own theory about that. That's kind of a weird a weird tradition, right? And, and then we say, it's all about Jesus. Remember the reason for the season. Where'd all that other stuff what? And then we got to buy everybody else' presents on Jesus' birthday. And then most of us don't have any money left to give Jesus a present on his birthday because we spend it on everybody else. See, it's like another weird. Some people give gifts on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day and Christmas songs. I don't know if you've ever, if any of y'all, like if you're going to work out or do some cardio and so you pull up, just try this. jump on YouTube and top up, type in Christmas workout mix. You will have the worst workout of your life, guaranteed. <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> Where are you, Christmas? Ah, come on, one more rep. <laughs> not good for pumping you up. Or I heard, this week I heard that song, uh, Y'all remember that old song, uh, Angels Among Us? I heard that song this week, and I was listening to it like, Oh, I believe. But then the verse where it says, I was walking home from school on a cold winter day, took a shortcut through the woods, and I got lost along the way. And I'm thinking, man, this kid... Did he not have parents? He's walking home on a cold winter day and he's trying to get home because he's freezing. And he cuts through the woods and gets lost. And then the song, if you go listen to it, it says, it got dark outside. So this poor kid's lost in the woods in the freezing cold and in the dark, just trying to get himself home from school. And then it says, a strange old man took me by the hand and led me home. That's creepy. You were alone in the woods. <laughs> Reason and there's an old man spying on you. <laughs> but I believe in angels. <laughs> or you remember that song, uh, Do You Hear What I Hear? I think, oh, that's a great Christmas song. Yeah, we could have we sang that one this morning. Do you hear what I hear? Great song, right? No, crazy. It's kind of like Psycho. Like, if you really think about what the words are saying, said the little lamb to the shepherd boy. Er. The little lamb's talking to the shepherd boy. It started to make you wonder how much eggnog shepherd boy drank. <laughs> Do you know what I know? A child, a child shivers in the cold. Let us bring him silver and gold. Let's bring him a blanket. Well, he may freeze to death, but he'll be rich when he dies. (laughs) Give the kid a blanket. I mean, we just think, oh, what a cute, beautiful Christmas song. But really, does it, all these songs and traditions and stuff, does that make sense? Or does it distract from the meaning? Do we remember? What is it really about? Look at Matthew 1 verse 18. Here it is. Here's the message of Christmas. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph. Before they came together, means they hadn't slept together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. See what I mean? Weird. We're reading history and it didn't really make sense. It was like, huh? She's pregnant. Holy Ghost is the dad. I don't... Right off the bat. Then Joseph, her husband... Listen to this part. Being a just man and not willing to make her a public example was minded to put her away privately. I want you to put yourself in Joseph's shoes for a minute. He thought she was lying to him. He thought she had cheated on him. And rightly so. Nobody hadn't Nobody had ever been pregnant by God up until this point, right? I mean, so Joseph thinks that she's a liar, that she's a cheater, that she's untrustworthy. That why did Joseph get to be God's stepdad? Think about that. Why? Why was he the one? I mean, we read the scripture where Mary was told by the angel, and, and it tells us that, that Mary was highly favored or God's favorite. And Mary, but why' Joseph get picked? I think it was because of this, why he was the guy. We just read it: being a just man and not willing to make her a public example. He was a just man, not just a man, a just man. See, in his mind, 100% she was in the wrong. And as a Jew, he had a right to publicly humiliate her, right to put her out, to punish her, to have her Locked up and do all kinds of things and and it would have been right. It would have been what he taught he was taught is the right thing to do. Punish her for her wrongdoings, for humiliating him and his family. Do you want a father something great? Mother something great in your life? then you need to learn that it's not your job to run around exposing everyone's wrongs. Love covers. Look at Proverbs ten 12. I'm going to read it to you in the King James in the message, and we're jumping right back here to Matthew to finish the story. Proverbs ten twelve. Hatred stirreth up strifes, but love covereth all sins. The Message Bible says it like this. Hatred starts fights, but love pulls a quilt over the bickering. Back to Matthew one twenty. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him In a dream saying. Joseph. Thou son of David. Joseph thou son of David. I know who you are. I know your family. I know your lineage. Fear not. He said don't be afraid. That's the very first thing the angel said to him. Fear not. Don't be afraid. Why? Because fear will stop you from your destiny every time. See, you are called to be the father or the mother of greatness. To birth Christ in your life and in your world. But fear, fear will stop you. Fear of what people think. Peer pressure, peer fear. There's all kinds of fear. But what fear does is makes you average. Fear makes you one of the crowd. He said, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. But it, God, it doesn't look like I thought it would look. God, I hear you, but my life doesn't really look like I thought. You know, this isn't the idea that I had. That's not what I was praying for. This is going to be embarrassing. It doesn't look like I thought it would. Verse 21. And she shall bring forth a son. And thou shalt call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins, or from death. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophets, saying. Verse 23, here's the message of Christmas. You ready? Behold, a virgin shall be with child. And shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Which being interpreted is God with us, Emmanuel. Not God far away, God with us, God in the mess. And just to take a moment. And think about the fact that God, the God of the universe, the creator of all, he chose to taste death, to feel pain. Imagine the worst pain you've ever felt, pain from loss, physical pain. He felt it all. And not only did he you know, have to endure it. He chose to feel that pain, to come in flesh and blood and step into a moment of history, to step onto our timeline from the manger to the cross. Hebrews 4.15 says, For we have not a high priest that is not easily touched with the feelings of our infirmity. He's felt what we feel. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, He who knew no sin became sin so that we could become the righteousness of God. He became so that we could become. God's in the manger. And God's in the palace. God's in the factory. And God's in the home. God's in the pain. He's there. So what I'm trying to say is, you are the reason for the season. You are. I am the reason for the season. What well, I thought Jesus was the reason for the season. Yeah, but Jesus wouldn't have come if he didn't have a reason. Well, why'd he come for us? So that we could be in relationship with God. right? So that we could come from death to life. That, that we could be free of our sins. That, that we could live the life that he walked around talking about. That he told stories about. That we could be partakers of the kingdom. But we're the reason. If it wasn't for humanity, he wouldn't have come. Jesus was God's gift to mankind. If you skip on up to chapter 2, verse 1. Staying in Matthew Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod, the king, Behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and we are come to worship him. Automatically, these wise men, they saw a star. They knew the king of the Jews was being born and they came and where'd they go? To the palace. Where else are you going to find a king? They went to the palace to find the king and they said, hey, we're here. We, where's the king? We saw the star. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled and all of Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together... He demanded of them where Christ should be born. Where where, where is he going to be born? He brought in everybody he could think of. Everybody that's knowledgeable on this situation. People that could read the scrolls. People that knew the Jewish prophecies all. Said somebody tell me. And they said to him in Bethlehem of Judea. For thus is it is written by the prophet. And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, art not the least among the princes of Judah. For out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privately called the wise men, inquired of them diligently. What time the star appeared? He wanted to know, hey, look, I need y'all to tell me when you saw the star. Why? He's trying to figure out how old this kid would be. How old the Messiah is. Like, did y'all see this thing like 30 years ago? Or y'all just like, just now getting it. He's trying to get more information out of them. He's, He's trying to figure it out. And he sent them to Bethlehem, and he said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when you have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. Herod thought he was slick hey I'll tell y'all what yeah y'all go he's going to be in Bethlehem I just talked to my guys they told me about this whole prophecy in the scrolls where he's, it's going to be in the city of Bethlehem so now you guys go find him and then y'all come back and tell me so I can come worship him too we all know Herod the evil king did not want to go worship Jesus he wanted to kill him snuff out the light and when they had heard the king they departed and lo the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was when they saw the star they rejoiced with exceeding great joy so when they saw that star notice this they rejoiced with exceeding great joy and when they were coming to the house they saw the young child I mean, in the manger scene, we got the wise men kneeling down, but, but Jesus wasn't a baby when the wise men showed up. Jesus was between two and three years old when the wise men actually showed up. Jesus was a toddler. So they saw the young child. They went into his house. You notice it said his house, like they were living in a the house. They weren't at the manger scene anymore. So they went in the house, and they see the little two-year-old running around wild, with Mary his mother where was Joseph probably at work trying to support the Holy Spirit's kid and fell down and they worshipped him so when they saw the star they had exceeding great joy but as soon as they saw Jesus they fell down and they worshipped him and when they had opened their treasures they presented unto him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh and being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod they departed unto their own country another way they took the back roads and got back out of there the wise men came when Jesus was about 2 years old you see they went to the palace first cuz in your mind that's i mean that's what you're expecting so I don't know about you, but I would say if you've obeyed God at all, you've probably run into this where it doesn't look like you thought it was going to look. And I know if you've tried to run after the purpose that God has on your life, if you've chased your calling, then you've run into some times where it didn't look anything like you thought it was going to look even a dream a vision from God it changes as we get closer to it and it looks different I I can look back on my life and I know that I know that I know God called me to do something or told me to do something but it's changed as I got closer to where it doesn't look like I thought it was going to look but I can even look back at that and see that's how God had to like trick me into doing it because if I saw the clear picture at first I might have ran away so they showed up at the palace because they thought they were going to see a military leader and they would give him gold, frankincense, and myrrh. That was extremely valuable. And then the star leads them to a booger-picking toddler. little kid running around. wild. Wow, Jesus was all man, all God. So he wasn't just like laying there floating over his bassinet with a halo over his head. Right? He might have been like pulling James's hair or something. We know Jesus didn't sin, but he was a kid. He was a man. He was a, a little a two year old at this time. I don't know if you've been around many two year olds. They don't look like God. Or they don't act like God. <laughs> See, it didn't look like they thought so. Two things about that. Number one, when you're searching for something awesome in your life, and in relationships, like when you're looking for something awesome, and you find yourself looking at a two-year-old screaming, worship the same. As if it looked like what you thought you were going to find. Notice they bowed down and they worshiped him and they gave the gifts. Instead of saying, oh, no, this is a little kid. We ain't giving him gold and frankincense and myrrh here. Give him a rattle. They still poured out what they had and made a sacrifice, even though it didn't look like what they thought it would look like. They still sacrificed, even though it didn't make sense. When you're looking for something awesome. Still be willing to worship. When you see Jesus. Number two. You need to know that you can be the star. Yeah. I've always wanted to be the star. You can be the star like in the story we just read. That leads people to Jesus. Jesus. It said they saw the star from a faraway land and they traveled all the way in. How? That star was shining brighter than the other stars around it. Jesus said, Shine your light in such a way that people will see your good works and glorify God in heaven. Shine. Shine bright like a star. Shine bright like a diamond. Shine. That's what we're called to do. That's what we're supposed to be. And and not to give us fame or glory. Because you see, the star brought them joy, but they worship Jesus. Don't worship a star. Your goal shouldn't be like, I'm going to shine bright so people will worship me that's wrong no I'm going to shine bright so people will worship him and they can have what I have and then they can shine bright and other people will worship him and then they can shine bright and when they spend time with him they'll get charged their batteries will get charged and they can shine brighter so how do we shine bright that star was shining brighter than the other stars. How do we do that? How do I shine like Jesus said to let your light shine? You, you serve when you shouldn't serve. You give till it hurts. you love instead of hate you. You follow these commands and people notice you get close. You got to get close you want to shine brighter get a little closer it makes sense logically that if I take a little flashlight and put it all the way back there at the wall then it's not going to be that bright even if it's pointing right at my eyeball the closer I get to it the brighter it's shining um I don't know if y'all have heard about it but tomorrow um December 21st, 45 minutes to an hour after dark, the, wait, I don't want to tell you the wrong name. The star of Bethlehem or the Christmas star will be visible for the first time in 800 years. We can see it from earth. And this is the star that they say the wise men saw when they when they found Jesus, that's why it's called the Bethlehem Star or the Christmas Star. So tomorrow night for 45 minutes to an hour after sunset, go outside and look up. And as long as it's clear night and not like real cloudy, you'll be able to see it. And they say it's pretty incredible. Um, but what it is, is it's Jupiter and Saturn they'll appear to collide. They come so close to each other. And it creates a brilliant light known as the Christmas star or the star of Bethlehem. But they only come that close together every once in a while. Now, they pass each other every 20 years, but they're not close enough to to be visible or to make a to look like this bright shining star. But when they get close enough to Earth's atmosphere and they're close enough to each other, it becomes so bright that you can see it from all over the world. When something gets closer, it gets brighter. Think about this. Who in your life has been a star? I guarantee you that you could think of at least one person. You're here in church, you've probably had some stars. There have been some people that have led you to Jesus, that have encouraged you to worship. There's there's been some people that, that you've looked at and thought, man, I want what they have. Oh, look at that passion. Why is she loving like that at that time? Stars that have led you. Don't get caught up on the package because sometimes it won't look like you thought it should look. Don't miss the brightness of a star because of the packaging. Oreos out of a Ziploc bag still tastes like Oreos. I guarantee it. As long as you don't get caught up on that Ziploc bag. So we're called to shine. And we should influence people. How do we do that? I started a few days ago just saying this little prayer when I first wake up in the morning, and I, I would challenge you to say it. It's two words. Wake up every single day and pray this. It's going to be simple Use me. Hey, God, use me. It's it's just an open invitation. Right? I don't have to tell him how. I don't have to tell him when. He's God, he can figure it out. But something about waking up and saying, "Hey God, use me." It's like it opens up your heart and your mind. It aligns your heart with his heart. And then as you go forward through the day, you like the first person you meet up with, you're thinking to yourself, is this going to be the time he's going to use me? They're about to need something. Is there something I could say or give to this person? Oh, they just cut me off. I should smile and wave. Maybe that's how God's going to use me. It just aligns your heart and mind. It's, it's two words, but I promise he will. He'll set up opportunities all day long. And what happens is you become aware. And you will be used more and more. Okay, so how do I do it? Like, how do I shine? How do I leave a mark? How do, I, how do I lead more people to Jesus? How do I get more of my friends to come to church? Or how do I, I don't, whatever it is for you. How can I shine brighter? How do I get closer? How can I, I be used? I'll close by reading you this scripture. What Paul wrote to the early church. And they were having some problems. He wrote this to the Colossians. They were going through kind of a rough time. And Paul just gives them some, some instructions. And it's instructions to us in this crazy world that we live in. And this is how you shine. This is how you live out the message. It's in Colossians 3. we we'll to start reading in verse 12. So. Chosen by God for this new life of love. Dress in the wardrobe God picked out for you. Right there. He said, Paul tells them, Dress in the wardrobe that God picked out for you. There is a wardrobe that God picked out. But He won't make you wear it. Right Jesse's trying to teach Sky how to match his clothes. But he's gotten to the age where mommy doesn't need to lay out everything for him to wear. We provided him with clothes that match. But he has to choose to wear them. We've provided him with pants to wear when it's cold outside. But he can get up and put on shorts. I should have used Titus as an example. It'd be 26 degrees outside to get something, puts on basketball shorts and a t shirt to go to school. Like, we've provided you with a jacket. It's the same with us. See, what we're about to read is this clothing that God has provided for us, but He doesn't make us wear it. I bought you a jacket, and it would be a lot warmer, but you can face the world in your sleeveless tank top if you want to. And we run out the door. Here's what we're supposed to put on. Paul's telling them, hey, y'all got a lot of problems here in this church. You Colossians, if you'd listen to me, here's here, this will fix it. Here's what you need to do. Dress in this wardrobe. Well, what does the wardrobe look like? Compassion. Kindness. Humility. Quiet strength. Discipline. Discipline. That's one of God's articles of clothing that He wants us to wear as His people, and as His church. Discipline. Be even-tempered, content with second place, quick to forgive an offense. Forgive as quickly and completely as the Master forgave you. And regardless of Listen to this one. Regardless of what else you put on, wear love. It's your basic all-purpose garment. Like you can wear it anywhere. It matches anything. You can pair it up with any of these other things that I just read and love goes with it. It's like that pair of shoes that you can wear with jogging pants and you can wear them with jeans and it still looks good. Right? Right? He said, look, all these other things, like, try to wear all of it if you can. It's all good. Quiet strength and discipline and all this stuff. And Paul said, but if you can only put on one, make sure you put on love. Well, that's how you're going to know. That's how people are going to know that you're my disciples. You need to put on love. It goes with everything. He says, never be without it. Let the peace of Christ keep you in tune with God. No. It says, let the peace of God keep you in tune with each other. Oh. So when I'm wearing the clothes that God picked out, when I'm going to the wardrobe that He gave me, and I'm putting on all this stuff... And I'm walking and living in His peace. Guess what? It keeps me in tune with people. With His body. There's not strife and anger. and Because well, I'm working stuff out. And I'm growing and I'm healing. Keeps you in tune with each other. In step with each other. There's power and unity. None of this going off and doing your own thing. Apparently, they were going off and doing their own thing a lot. And cultivate thankfulness. You know how you cultivate thankfulness? You practice. You think about things that you're thankful for. You tell people that you're thankful for them and why you're thankful for them. And you thank people for the things that they do. And it, it's just, you practice. You cultivate thankfulness. You want to look like God? You want to shine bright? Then be thankful. Be grateful. Cultivate thankfulness. Let the word of Christ, the message, have the run of the house. Give it plenty of room in your lives. Instruct and direct one another using good common sense. And sing. Sing your hearts out to God. Let every detail of your life, words, actions, whatever, be done in the name of the Master Jesus, thanking God the Father every step of the way. Hmm. That's what we're supposed to look like. That last part, let every detail of your life's words, actions, whatever, be done in the name of the Master Jesus. Thanking God the Father every step of the way. See, I love stories. Those of you that know me or if you've been around me much or even if you come to church here, you've probably figured that out. I love stories. I love telling stories and hearing stories. And, and stories can be a very powerful tool But a story can never be as powerful as history. Stories, yeah, they can be powerful. But they're not as powerful as history. Jesus told stories. That's what parables were. It was stories with a meaning. Stories with a purpose. Trying to teach you something with a story. So stories are good. And Jesus used stories as the what he used most often, but they're not more powerful than history. See, I just read you history when God became man, took away our sins so that we can put on love and we can forgive and just like he forgave us. The history of Jesus, the God-man, It's way more powerful than the parables that Jesus told or the stories. It's history. It's what happened. And it was for us that God stepped into human history. I want to be the proof of God's presence in this moment of history. I love that I can tell stories but more than tell a story I, I want my life to be the proof that God is here and real I want to live in a way that I shine and not for my glory or my fame but to bring people to him because I found life and you should too Let's pray. God, thank you for sending your son as a baby. God, thanks for sending him to a barn and not a palace. Thank you that you're not afraid of brokenness. You're not afraid of a mess. And thank you that we can't figure you out. God, remind us of the, the real meaning of Christmas. And as we sing songs and, and we give gifts and we eat good food, and if we get to see friends and family, and help us to shine. Help us to be a witness and a light to all that we see and come in contact with. God, we love you. Thank you for what you're doing. What an odd thing that here, thousands of years later, we would talk about a night that we would call that night divine. Thousands of miles and thousands of years later, we're still here talking about a story a piece of history where you changed everything for us. And we're the reason for the season. God, we love you and we thank you for for coming. Thank you for living and dying. Showing us how to live. Help us to look like you, Dad.